You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Reverend David Husky is a blessing. He comes from Tennessee, the good smoky mountains up there and stuff. And, and uh, actually, um, I've totally forgot the name of the town you come from. Sweetwater. Yeah, he actually comes from Sweetwater, Tennessee. And you can't get any more south than that. All right. That's, uh, it's got it going on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not going to say he's sweet because he ain't, but that's okay. He's a man of God, though. He's a blessing now. <laughs> no, he's a blessing. He's a teacher to the body of Christ. He pastored for many years in Taos, New Mexico. And then God called him to travel and preach to the body of Christ. And uh, for many of you, if you didn't know, he's got an incredible teaching on offense. So, I mean, he's got all of his product out there, and every one of those things are phenomenal. They give you so much ammunition against the enemy, and that's what it is. Whenever you hear the Word of God, it's ammunition to defeat the enemy. So let's give a good, warm Harvest Bible Church welcome to Reverend David Husky. Brother David, come on. I love you. Thanks, Pastor Mark. All right. Well, after those accolades, I'm going to walk in love, Pastor Mark. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, hey, church. Uh, how you doing? Good. Now, you're going to notice I got a little bit of a Tennessee accent. Just ignore that. You can't live there very long and not get something. I can promise you that right there. It's just that Southern thing going on. And used to live in California when I was nine years old, going through uh, to high school down in uh, Eagle Rock. It's an L.A., L.A., part of the L.A., more inland anyway. It was, it was an interesting time, and uh, it was good. Now, I want to start off with this. Uh, there was this school that had been teaching uh, you know, different Bible stories and stuff. So they had this one quiz. And do you have that, that question for me? And uh, you, you got that? So uh, here was the question. Uh, fill in the blank. Who killed Goliath? And this was the question to some very young, uh, very young students attending school. And uh, their answer was, do you have that? Do you have that second part? COVID. Oh, that went over real good. All right, well, praise God. Never mind. That didn't fly too well. Whatever happened to David, right? You know, because there's just so much talk all the time, you know, about all this, and, and it just becomes a part of people's thinking. But how I many you know God's bigger and all that stuff going on? And I think that's why you're here, because God is bigger. And we do live in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God... Uh, rises above the things of darkness. Matter of fact, the Bible says we've been translated out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we have kingdom of God, kingdom ruleship, and those things like that. Well, with that comes promises. Uh, I mentioned the first service, did you bring your RPJ? And they're all like, why didn't he? You know, well, because the Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, Enjoy RPJ That's right. in the Holy Ghost. So if, if you're in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has righteousness, it has peace, and it has joy. Isn't that wonderful? So that's just part of being in, in the kingdom of God. And uh, I'm going to have you uh, open up to James. And uh, we're going to do our best to follow the Spirit of God here, the best that we know how, and uh, bring out a few things and thoughts. And, of course, we don't ever want to, uh, you know, say things that, uh, just to say words. We want to speak what the Spirit of God wants us to say. And that's our endeavor, and that's exactly what I desire to do as a minister. And we got, you know, two series I'm going to talk about, and it's going to relate to the subject that we're going to uh, mention. One's called The Walk of Faith. Uh, now, you know, we do believe we receive things by faith. Sure, that's right. But then there's just the walk of faith. The just shall live by faith. So this talks about that. Well, the first one is called faith to finish. We, we can start in Christ, but the finish in Christ is a better thing. It's a bigger thing. But it's going to require faith to be able to finish what we've started to do in Christ. It's going to take that element. So who, like, who listens to CDs? Because I like to give it to you. All right, there you go. That's called Faith to Finish. That's for you. You're very welcome. You're super welcome. The next is called No One Likes the CD. So I don't know what's up with it. I'm going to change the title to it. It's called Faith and Patience. What's up with that? 
I mean, no one likes it. I don't know what it is. You know, and, and I, anyway, I've listened to it a lot of times because I can't give it away. So I, did you raise your hand there? You want that on? You're the brave man. All right, praise God. <laughs> Faith and patience. And, and we're going to, I think we're going to talk about this. And, and I want to I bring this out. Matter of fact, a statement. And as I was getting ready this morning, this, it, this statement came to me. And I'm like, wow, okay. I just need to find it so I quote it right. And praise God, I did find it. And uh, this was in a book that uh, a minister, minister from called The Authority of the Believer. Amen. And he makes this statement, demons, or that's now, okay. If we saw in the spirit realm, we would see uh, demons. We would see angels. We would see activity of darkness we would see activity of light now you may not believe those things are so but uh, they are so and it is a spiritual element that is very real you know I used to scuba dive and you know when you look you go there's 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 nothing down there but when you dive it's down there are y'all with me so you can say ah there's nothing down there's nothing down there but the reality is there's something down there and so when it boils down to, we need to have on, you know, the, the gear of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And if we just believe these things, we can see that realm's very real. And it wouldn't take much to discover that. All right. So if we saw that, we would see light and darkness. So he makes this statement, demons dominate people in more ways than we realize. That's works of darkness. They try to stop people from coming to God. You know, I found out when I'd be talking to someone and I'm going to, you're presenting Christ to them and a born again experience. And you're getting ready to throw in the net, as we call it. We're getting to bring them into that question. Do you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And it's amazing. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's amazing how you're getting ready to, nothing's going on, but you're getting ready to say, would you like to receive Christ? And someone would come either in the room, they come in the hospital room, they would just show up, or there's a phone call. <laughs> Now, have you ever experienced that, Pastor Mark? And I'm thinking, this is not by accident. This, this is formulated by the enemy because he does not want you or me or anyone else to come to Christ and be born again. So he fights that. He blinds the minds of men. Then the next statement is, uh, then they try to hold Christians back from spiritual development. Now, getting born again is a great move. Getting born again is a great step, and it dramatically changed my life, and I'm sure if you're truly born again, it's dramatically changed your life. But then once I'm saved, once I'm born again, I need to become rooted in Christ. I need to become focused on Christ. And, and what does it mean to be rooted? It, it's, you know, like palm trees. They got this huge chute that goes straight down. There's this major storm that comes through a hurricane, and everything's blown away. And there's that palm tree. It's swaying over, but it's still there. Now, now, why is that? Because the root system says, there's no storm going to move me. So when you get rooted in Christ, no matter what goes on around you, you know what you're saying? I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Now, why? Because I chose, once I'm saved, I chose to, be, to become spiritually developed, to grow into spiritual maturity. This is where I think a lot of Christians, sometimes they miss it right there in that area. Getting saved is great, but developing in Christ is a fabulous part where you move more and more into the victory that Christ purchased for you. And that's how it happens. So I choose to be rooted in Christ. I'm getting this development in him. But the enemy, our common adversary, does not want us to develop in our spiritual walk. Well, what would he do to keep us from developing in our spiritual walk? Everything. Well, that's true. He would do everything he could, right? Can you give me just maybe one example of what the enemy would do to keep us from growing or developing in Christ? Distractions. Distractions are excellent. Distracted, right? Uh, you know, you decide, I, I, you know what, I'm going to go to these meetings, whatever, and then something goes on and something else goes on and something else goes on. Then you become distracted and you realize, wow, I missed the meeting I really wanted to go to. I got distracted. Or there's things going on around your life to distract you off of your purpose, of what your purpose is in Christ. And so then he creates this havoc situation around you to get your eyes on that more. I know when I pastored, we had this one lady that uh, she was a challenge. Now, what I mean by that was is uh, she had, um, how do I say, she had a spirit involved in her life. 
And we're trying to help her to get free of this spirit. And so she would, she would call me two or three times in a day as a pastor. And, you know, I, you know, and I'm, I had a heart. I mean, we're going to set you free. We're going to help the best we can. And she called me the next day and called me the next day and called me the next Two or three times every day. And I'm like, this is crazy. Just crazy. So I told her, look, you know, there's activity going on in your life that needs to be happening. And if you'll come Tuesday night, we'll, we'll take authority over that. And we'll cast out any spirits that you're dealing with. And she's like, well, okay. So she shows up, right? And um, so we got a prayer team. We got her down there, and we're praying. And, you know, I'm just, I, I'm commanding the devil to come out. You know, look at me. You know, they, I just, I mean, with authority, come out of her. And we went that way for about 20 minutes. We fasted and prayed for this lady. And I back off, and I'm going, something's not right here, God. Something's not right. Because it doesn't take that long to get the devil out of somebody in this situation. Something's not right. And uh, the, the Lord, and I don't remember the exact words that he related to me, but what he was revealing was, is she really doesn't want to be free. Really? Wow. And then the Lord just showed her hands. Like if he had a poker and he showed me, he showed me her hands. And I'm like, Lord, man, that's a wild word. I've never heard anything. And some other intercessors got the exact same thing. So even though she's calling me, as though she wanted help, she did not want help. She did not want to be free of the spirit she had. So then I told her, I said, look, you know, for some reason, you just don't want to be free of this. I'm not sure why. But listen, don't call me anymore. Don't, don't call me anymore. And, and don't bother me like that anymore. Now, if you ever seriously want help, we're available. But other than that, just grow in God. Keep coming and grow. Now, here's what I found out. I became, as a pastor, almost consumed about her. I got a whole group of people I need to minister to. Are y'all with me? It became a distraction. So the enemy is trying to get me as a pastor where I'm more consumed about that person and the devil was using her that, you know, you, you, you're, you're helping other people, but you can't be as effective. Well, that changed all that. Am I doing okay here? You know, it's just a story. All right, so, so the enemy does not want us to grow spiritually. And the next statement is this. Demons attempt to hinder people in every aspect of their spiritual life. They try to keep people from all the blessings of God. Wow. Now, let's think on that, because if we saw in the spirit realm, if our eyes were open, we would see angels, we would see God, the activity of God, but we also would see the opposition of the enemy and, and spirits of darkness that try to influence our thinking, move things around us to create this thing of uh, disappointment or the feeling I'm going to quit. Or how about this one? Man, I've got had a bunch of hypocrites in that church. There's people today not going to a church because there's hypocrites. The enemy used the hypocrite as a distraction. And, and I like to say it this way. Did the hypocrite die for you? Did the hypocrite shed his blood for you? Did the hypocrite die on the cross for you? Did the hypocrite start the church? Now listen. So why should the hypocrite be the author and the finisher of our faith? You know, I was reading the other day, Pastor Mark, in, in Matthew, where Jesus, man, you snakes, you vipers, you hypocrites. I'm like, whoa, man, you vipers, you snakes, you wash, wash tombs. You're clean on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And I'm like, Jesus, you did not mess around, man. Wow. But he kept going to the synagogue. He kept preaching the gospel of himself, Christ. It didn't stop him from getting getting off of his purpose. You have a purpose. Yes, we do. You have a God-given called purpose. Yes. I have a God-given called purpose. You have it. We all have a God-given called purpose. And we need to find out what that is, the will of God for our lives, what God wants to do with us. But now we have an opposition out there called the enemy that would like to, I like that, to distract us, to get us our eyes off of the author and the finish for our faith called Jesus Christ. It's a distraction. Hypocrite is a distraction. Issues that go on around us is a distraction. 
So that's what I want to talk about. Now, I need to finish this, and I brought that up to say this. Isn't that something? It takes a preacher 10 minutes to make one point. What's up with that? Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, if we're not careful, sometimes we think we are. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's true. But we need to do that with Christ and his influence in our lives. Because he's the author and the finisher of my faith. And whenever I'm a place where maybe my, my faith is being tested, I'm being a little bit struggled, I just go, Jesus, I'm looking to you. Because you're the head of the church. You're the author and the finisher of my faith. So I've got my eyes on you, praise the Lord. Are y'all with me? With the promise and the word of God. Amen. All right, so who wants this over here? We have to get ma'am in the back. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you're it. And uh, I don't know if I can. Can you catch? Oh, don't do that. Healing service. Okay, there we go. All right, there you go. And then can I get down here? Will this still record okay? Got to get up there. Okay, all right. And then this one, and I want to teach on this. It's such a good sermon. We might get to do it Wednesday. I just don't know. We'll find out. I don't know what's going to happen Wednesday. It's called strengthening faith. So whatever the Lord asks you to do, he'll strengthen your faith to be able to do it. And that, this, is, this is so good what's good about God to do that. So who would like to have this over? Ma'am, have to see your hand right back there, okay? Can you, you see her? Thank you for helping. Right there, the one with the pretty smile. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Now, now go to James. Go to James chapter 1. And how many of y'all know this, that was a sermon? That is a sermon. We're, as I'm giving this, these tapes away, we're having sermons or CDs. So James 1, watch this in verse, in verse 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Do what? Well, I just deflated the whole service. Do you feel that? I'm kidding. Count it what? Now, it said count it because you're not going to feel like it. Right? Count it all joy when you fall through various trials. Now, and the reason why is because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, listen, it's a protecting strength in the fact that it protects me from oppression and depression, but it's also an overcoming strength. Amen. So count it all joy that it protects you and gets you in a place you're able to overcome. So count it all joy when you fall through various trials, knowing that the testing of your that's what I want to talk about. Amen. That the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. And it goes on talking about that when we're tempted, we're not tempted by God. God does not tempt you. The tempter is Satan himself. He, the enemy, our common adversary, does not, now listen, does not want you to be saved, Period. So he gives you everything he can to stop you from receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Like, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, none of us were. Did anyone qualify for being good enough? I mean, I didn't. He died for the ungodly. I qualified for that one. Amen. And thank God for his goodness and his kindness and his forgiveness. Thank God for a new birth. Because I've experienced that new birth, and it is a new birth. It, it brings a different life. It, it brings a changed life. If someone said they received Christ, but there's not been a change, something didn't happen somewhere. Yeah, come on. Amen. It's true. Because when someone truly receives Christ in their heart, there's a change. Let me give you an example. I used to play uh, way, way, way back when I was younger. Uh, we played church uh, softball, and this one, you know, kid was out, you know, the plate, and he'd get really upset, and he'd say a few choice words. i go, well, that's, that's, wow, that's a little different. <laughs> Play another game, and he'd get upset, say a few choice words, and I went, gee whiz, I don't know what's up with that, you know, and then we had a week-long revival. In that week-long revival, he went up and, and you know, made a profession of faith to, to, get, to get saved, and we played, we played softball. Something happened, he didn't say nothing. Wow. Somebody else had time. And I went, I, went straight, I went straight to him. His name was Jeff. I said, Jeff, now before you'd get all upset, you kind of say a few choice words. I'm sure you wish it hadn't done, but you didn't do that now. What, what's up? He said, I got saved in that revival. I go, wait, 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 wait. You've been going to church for years. No, you've been, this is true. You've been going to church for years and you're telling me you weren't saved as I wasn't saved. 
I mean, so you really got saved? Yes, when I really got saved. He said, what happened was my friends went up to get saved, so I just went up there because they did. No salvation experience. No change. No new birth. Went up there, went through the motions, but it did not produce a new creation. Come on, someone. When someone's truly born again, when someone is truly saved, there will be a change, one major change, at least in one area of their life, period. Well, that went over real. Praise God forevermore. But it's true. It's true. So then the enemy does not want us to get saved. So he blinds the minds of men. He tries to keep you from wanting to get saved, to get you to think different. And that's where the life of God, the spirit of God, the word of God then brings his work. Well, then he doesn't want you to develop spiritually. He'll get you distracted, do what he can to keep you from being developed spiritually. You can be under a God called, which obviously you have a God called pastor. Obviously, and he's sweet, I think. <laughs> I may not be, but he is. So, so then that's how you grow and develop because Christ gave gifts unto men. He gave a pastor, happened to be a teacher in the body of Christ. He does that so that you can develop and grow and be rooted in Christ and, de- and become like Christ. Amen. Well, then the last thing is the enemy wants to rob you of every spiritual blessing that you have a right to at his dinner table. That's powerful. Come on, come on into my room and I got a table set. I have healing for you. I have provision for you. Boy, I can say a lot about that one, a whole lot. Uh, I have, I have uh, 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 peace for you. I have joy. All these things are at his table that the enemy would like to rob us from that blessing. Now, how does he do that? He will test, according to James, he's going to test your faith. Because he's trying to get you to disbelieve what you believe. And especially, you know, the entrance of thy words giveth light. So like when you're, hear, you're hearing the word, it, you're, uh, you're hearing, you're gaining understanding. The Holy Ghost on the inside helps you understand that in a better way. And all of a sudden, you know, have you ever been taught, and all of a sudden you went, oh, yeah, I see that. Has that ever happened to anybody? Amen. Just me? <laughs> you know what happened? Light came. The entrance of thy words giveth light. And when light comes, now it becomes a reality. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. By his stripes, I wondered about that. I wasn't sure about that. But, man, I see it. I see it. By his stripes, I were healed. It becomes real to you. It becomes a revelation to you. You become enlightened to it. So now, now that you're enlightened to it, you have authority in that area. You know, I was raised, you know, I was, 10, I was raised in Tennessee. And way back when I was younger, they used to have a light bulb in the center of the room, a light bulb, and a, a cord hung down, a string. Anybody ever seen those before? You didn't have the things on the wall, so you pulled the string, right? So you know, so y'all had that here too? Well, that's awesome. Okay, well, so my grandfather had a, he had a furniture store, and he wanted me to go back, get some stuff, and you know, and it was the light bulb with the string, right? So I'd be back there, and his door, his door, you couldn't see, and I, you know, you know the light bulb's there, you know the string's there, right? So here you are, and it's a little dark, right? And so you're trying to go through, and you what? You hit the wall. Okay, well, I missed it, and so you go through, here you go, and you hit the other wall, and you go, I know that string's there, I know it's there. Y'all with me? So what do you do? So you go like this, trying, and then you hit the string. You felt it, but that's the problem. You hit it. Now it's flying around everywhere, right? And if, then it finally comes down, and then now you got the string, and you pull it, and there's light. That's what it's like with the Word of God. I'm hearing this over and over and over. I got on that side. I got on that side. I just don't know yet. You hear it over and over and over. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sensing something there. Maybe that could be true. And all of a sudden, the light goes off. You go, oh, man, I see it. Yes. That's what's so powerful about repetition. You know, when I was telling Pastor Mark, when I went to Bible school, we were taught about, about faith. Uh, you know, walking by faith, believe you receive by faith, speaking to your mountain, that you can have whatever you say if you believe it in your heart. And I'm sitting there going, what? 
You know, because I, I wasn't, I was raised Southern Baptist. You know, we, we weren't raised like that we, on faith we're about salvation, but not you can have whatever you say. And I'm like, that sounds like a magic wand trick. Just whoosh, it'll appear, you know, and then the devil's saying, you're in the cult, you're in the cult, you're in the cult. And then I kept thinking, how can I be in a cult when everything's coming out of the Bible? It's coming out. So he, t- one month, then two months, Mark 11, 23, 24. You remember that, Pastor Mark? I, you know, that was Mark 11, 23. My Bible falls down. It opens to Mark 11, 23, 24. It's just trained that way. And so two months, moving into three months, and I'm still like, how in the world is this possible? You can have what you say. Now listen, I'm hearing truth, but I didn't accept it as truth. But thank God he kept going over over it and 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 over it. And over it, because it took this thick-skulled guy to get it. And then we're over here in Numbers 14, where Moses is talking about that God wanted to take you to the land of flowing milk with milk and honey. God wanted to take you to the land of abundance, which, by the way, is part of the benefit of God, that you would live in abundance. Not just living by paycheck to paycheck, not just your need being met, but that God really desires to minister to your desires. But there's a prerequisite. God needs to be the main part of our life. And he will give, it's amazing how he gives you the desires of your heart. God is so good, so kind, and so gracious. So then uh, Moses telling them, and then uh, he says, well, there's such a stiff-necked generation, and the Lord said, listen, and here's what the Lord said to Moses, as they have spoken in my hearing, so will I do that their carcasses will die in this wilderness for those that are 20 and older. So when that was said, the light went off, and and all of a sudden I went, oh, Oh, my God, I can have what I say. And the students next to me are like, what's wrong with this guy? He's been hearing this for three months. Listen, I heard it, but I never accepted it as truth. So I went over here to this wall. Hey, there's a truth here. Went over to this wall. There's a truth here. Well, I'm, I'm feeling something, but I can't find it yet. And then finally, more, uh, there, it is in, there it is in Numbers 14. You, Jesus, God said, I'm sorry, God will said, they'll have what they say. Pow! And Joshua and Caleb were the only two. Yeah. Out of millions, the only two within that generation that made it because they said, we can go in and we can take it. Their defense has left them. Come on, somebody. It's powerful. It's so powerful. You can have what you say if you believe. Now, you may sit there going, oh, man, are you one of those faith guys? Yes. Yes. Because I, I've read it in the Someone didn't give me their opinion about it. Because if they gave me their opinion, I would be distracted. Right. Come on, that's right. It would affect my spiritual growth. Yeah. Because, oh, you're that, name it, blame it, grab it, bat bunch. <laughs> you ever heard that before? Yeah. Blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Now, you know what that is? It's a buzzword yes. to turn you off. From receiving a real truth. It is true. It's a distraction. Oh my God, don't let them get a hold of faith. Many get a hold of faith, they'll get all the promises of God. Keep them away from that. Get them walking in doubt and unbelief. Demons work on that. Right? Don't let them hear faith. Which is only one element of the whole word of God. Just one. The just shall live by faith. We grow from faith to faith. Hello, somebody. All the promises are received by faith. What? Thank you, Pastor Mark. For without faith, it's impossible to please. Oh, you're that name, blame it, blab it, grab it group. Yeah. Listen, let me, let, me, let me think a second. Romans 10. If I confess with my mouth and be the Jesus raised from the dead, I shall be saved. Yep, I'll name and claim that. I'll name and claim it. I name, I name and claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Whoop, born again experience. Yeah. Oh, it worked. Okay, this is going over really good. I, y'all, does the southern accent have you confused? We're doing okay here. <laughs> 
So we keep hearing the truth, and then the enemy will try to oppose it. And once you gain a revelation about something, he'll try to fight, he'll try to fight that. Like example, let's say you finally get a revelation about, about giving. I mean, where the Lord said, if you give, I'll give back, press down, shake the head, the running over. Uh, in Malachi, if you give tithes and offerings, then I'll open up the windows of heaven. There won't be room enough to contain it. Prove me in this. Test me. Test me. Prove me in this. It's a big step of faith because, and there's the devil going, oh, now, man, if you, if you give that, if you give that away, I mean, where are you going to get your, this is a Southern expression, where are you going to get your tars? <laughs> Californians would say tires. <laughs> I bet y'all went, what? I mean, I remember giving a chicken, I go, there just went in there, just, just went the refrigerator. <laughs> It's the truth up front, starting out, starting out. You know, there goes the tire up front. But then it got to a place where that those thoughts didn't even come because the devil already knows, well, that's not going to work. I remember one time I went through a real difficult situation, really challenging. And, and, and it, 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 it took some finances. And uh, the devil, I went to go pray, and the devil's like, well, now you gave all this money. And, and I pastored my church. I gave, I gave a lot to my church that I pastored. I did. I gave. He says, look where you're at now. Didn't look like, didn't like you're getting much return on it. And I started thinking on that. Didn't last 30 seconds. And on the inside, thank God for the spirit of God. It, spiritual indignation rose up with God's true to his word. And I go, man, I don't care what you say, devil. Yeah, I, I may be going through something right now, but I know this, that God's going to bless what I've given. And Father, I thank you for the continued blessing of it in Jesus' name. Yeah. And it's worked. It has worked. It has worked wonderfully. I could tell you, I could tell you some stories, and they're good, but we don't have all that time for all those stories. All right, so the enemy will try to test your faith in things. You, you get a hold of a promise. You're getting spiritual development. He'll try to test your faith so that you won't grow to that next step of development. Now, that's where the Bible says, and you probably read this, haven't you, in Timothy? Fight the good fight of? Have you read? Lay hold on eternal life. Ooh, I like that. Fight the good fight of faith, but I'm going to lay hold of the Zoe of God. Fight the good fight of faith. Uh, no, Zoe meaning the God kind of life. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to grab hold of the God kind of life. The God kind of life produces the God kind of living. The God kind of life will produce the God kind of resurrection. The God kind of life will produce the God kind of healing. The God kind of financial, financial blessing. Victory, and they'll be, they'll be, you're going to fight the good fight of faith. It's called a fight of faith. But I like it's called a good, you know what a good fight is, right? It's one you win. Come on. You ever got beat up? That wasn't a good fight. Wasn't a good fight. Fighting the good fight of faith. And the, it wasn't that funny, was it? Come, Come over here to come, come over here to Peter. Come over here to First Peter. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. Y'all, y'all bought your quick Bibles. Come on, hurry. I need to have your quick Bibles. Only I only got like a few more minutes to make a point, and you know it takes me a while to make a point. Okay. First Peter chapter five, uh, verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he. Keyword may. He don't have to may. Devour. Resist him. How do I resist the enemy? Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings experienced by your brotherhood in the world, but may the God of all grace, oh, that's powerful, who called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while. Now, I wish he left that out. I wish he left that out. But we're going to have to go through some things. But as we're going through things, God's working around. God's working things on your behalf. All things work together for good, those who love God and are fitted to his purpose. Listen, I've lived that one out. That scripture works. Are you hearing me? When I went through a tough situation back after, you know, when I passed through 1993, and I'm like, Lord, what a mess, and some a decision that was made that wasn't my decision, made life very difficult, and the Lord said, I'm going to make this work for the good. I go, what? Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm going to make it work for the good. You mean what I'm going through now, this, you're going to make this work for the good? It challenged my thinking. It challenged my faith. Because I'm thinking, how in the world could this work for the Didn't feel like it. Didn't look like it. Nothing about it. On a spiritual level from 1 to 10, I felt minus 10. See, and because we feel minus 10 on a spiritual level, we think we cannot live by faith. What does feelings have to do with it? It's just faith, period. Whether I'm plus 10 or minus 10, let's just be in faith. Is this helping anybody? Well, I got half of you. I'm going to get the other half here in a second, though. So after you suffered a while, what will God do? He'll perfect you. He'll establish you. He'll strengthen you. He'll settle you. So though the enemy comes with all this stuff, the God of all grace, as you see, God's grace helps you in your weakness. Let us come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Now, mercy is a good thing for our failures, thank God. But he doesn't stop there. He'll give you grace to help in your time of need. Oh, man, I'll take that, Lord. I'll take that grace. Now, what did God tell Paul? Paul, listen, I know this, there's this devil chasing around after you. He's trying to buffet you. You've, you've now gone to me these three times. But here, Paul, my grace is sufficient. And once he gained that revelation, he said, so therefore, I take pleasure in necessities, not because of. I take pleasure in persecutions, not because of. He said, I take pleasure in it because now I know when I'm weak is when he's the strongest. Grace is powerful. Grace is very powerful. All right. So we resist the enemy steadfast in the faith. Meaning what? I stay humble because God gives grace to the humble. So I'm Lord, I, I just need your help. Have you, have you ever had a small problem thought you can handle it? And then it got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And you thought, you know, I think I should pray about this. We've all done that. And, and why don't we do it to begin with? Duh. Right. Why didn't we? Because we should have. So I did, a, I did a study on humility versus pride. And I'm, it's an oversimplified thesis statement, but it'll make the point. Humble people are dependent. Prideful people are independent. So when we don't acknowledge God about something, I can handle this, God, even though we don't mean to. But that's how we're walking it out. Are y'all with me? So I don't care how small it is. You know, it's like, Lord, I want help here. I'm relying upon you. I'm dependent upon you. Amen. So steadfast in the faith, meaning, okay, I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to stay on God's side. I'm going to stay according to the scripture and believe according to the scripture. Now go to 1 Thessalonians, please, and I'm going to help you out. 1 Thessalonians is before 2 Thessalonians. <laughs> and I know you enjoy that help, and I'm glad you do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I want to show some the, the testing of your faith. So the enemy will try to test your faith. Now, let me say this. When I'm going, when I'm, my faith is being tested, I'm in warfare. Yes, right. And your emotions, roller coaster. Up, down, up, down, up, down. One day you're like, man, I think we got this thing one next day. It's on top of me. You feel that way. Now, Tom, just feeling wise, not believing wise, but just it's a warfare. It's going on. So the end, then there could be, it could come maybe oppression tries to come on you. Uh, overwhelming circumstances try to come on you. Depression could try to come on you. Are y'all with me? And so what happens was it can create a distraction in the fact that you feel overwhelmed. You know, I remember I went through a really difficult situation and, and, you know, was fighting the best I knew how. And I called the prophet ladies. She just really neat. And she called on the phone. How you doing? I go, I can't do this anymore. That's a bad place. I was so overwhelmed of my circumstance. It started enveloping my thinking. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And she said, and the most simplest promises are the best. She said, oh, David, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I went, dummy, dummy, dummy. Because I believed that promise. I, be, I go, yep, 
that's, I can, because I believe, I believe that promise. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? And from that point on, I never said, uh, I can't do this anymore. It was always, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I hope to get that far as a closing deal for us, okay? I hope to get that far. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Oh, by the way, whoop, whoop, come on back. <laughs> I got five different thoughts going at one time. You ever had that happen, Pastor? Which thought do you go with, God? Okay. All things work together for good, those who love God and have fit His purpose. Remember that? And I said, okay, God, I choose to believe it. Felt minus 10, but I choose to believe that. He didn't say anything else till that locked in. It locked in. Then he said, bless is a man that will endure. God, you got a word there called blessed. I like that. But you got a word in there. It's it's not a fun word. It's called endurance. It's called patience. God, you got another word for me? (laughs) And God didn't. See, in other words, God's saying, I'm going to make it work for the good. But you're going to have to endure. And as you endure you'll be blessed. Meaning what? We have to give God time to work. And that requires patience. So so I'm not going to turn there because of time. But the Bible says through faith and through faith and everyone say faith and patience. Okay, it's it's there in Hebrews chapter six. I don't want to take the time to read it. But through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Everyone say faith and patience. Now, I know, you're taught, I know you're taught faith, and, and when you have a good foundation of faith, it really helps your warfare, helps you to stand in faith. Now, let me say this, though. I believe that most people that are really know faith within its context and taught it properly, I really believe they don't mess it in the faith area, it's in the patience area. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, we get, we just getting, we're just, you know, we're getting tired. We're getting worn out. That's why we say things like, I can't do this anymore. The patience has just run out. But it's through faith and patience we inherit the promise. So it's a warfare. So I'm like, man, I'm doing okay. And then, oh, man. Then you're up and then you're like, golly, I don't even feel like getting out of the bed today. It's warfare. It's warfare. So now I kind of like what the apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind, and I press. I press toward what lies ahead. I press. Everyone say press. press. Now what does that mean? It means push on. It means push on. It means I may not feel like it, but I'm waking up, and I'm going to face this day in Christ. I'm gonna, now listen, I'm going to press against my emotions that are saying otherwise. I'm going to press against my thinking that are saying otherwise. I'm going to press against the circumstance when the circumstance says otherwise. I will choose to press. Press. That's a key word. I, I'm, just, I'm going to press. I'm pressing forward to the high call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a key thing is choosing to press. And we do that by the strength and ability of God because your faith is tested. Up, down, up, down. You feel, you feel like maybe you feel like a loser. You feel like, man, you, you know, man, on, on a spiritual level, I'm nowhere even close to being anywhere on the spiritual level because you're under attack. A lot to be said there, but I don't have time to say it. But we got Wednesday. Hey, I would come Wednesday just to see what I'm going to preach. That's what I would do because I don't know right now. But we, it'll be right. It'll be right. All right. So come back. What did I say before I rudely interrupted myself? Huh? Thank you. We didn't even read it yet, have we? Would you all like to read First Thessalonians chapter 3? <laughs> Let's go there. Are you ready? Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. So we sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, hey, and encourage you, hey, concerning your faith. 
That's why we come together like we do. That's why we have people pray like we do. Because we want to encourage you under your with your faith. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 3. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. I'm going to explain that in a moment. Appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation. Just as happened. And you know for this reason. When I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. I said to know your faith. You're being shaken by a trial. The devil's testing you. And as a Paul, as your minister, I got to know where your faith is at. So I said to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. Wow. It's a distraction. It's the enemy trying to oppose your spiritual growth. You're in warfare, not fun, but you win. Yeah. It's already prophesied. You win. You, now, the word appointed, if you read that, you go, oh, well, see, the Lord appointed me to teach me some lesson. That's not what it means. Because if you go to James and say, he doesn't, he doesn't tempt you. God's not tempted. God does not tempt you. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. If it's not good and perfect, it's not coming from God. So it goes on for we're appointed under this. The word appointed means in the Greek to lie outstretched, to have been placed or exposed. In other words, because we live in a fallen world, we are exposed to the issues of a fallen world. But Greater is he that's in us than he. So I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to resist the enemy. Steadfast in the faith. I'm going to look to the God of all grace. Am I making sense to you? So a test and trial comes not because God appointed to teach you a lesson. It's there because I'm outstretched in a fallen world. But I have a right in the name of Jesus Christ to overcome what has fallen or coming against me to test my faith. Did that make sense? See, what, I, what, I, what the Spirit of God really wants to bring out is when you go through a test and a trial, when your faith is being tested, you're not going to feel the best spiritually. And that's why the devil wants to take advantage of it. You know, what? Well, you call yourself a Christian and you just confess you, you can't do that no more. Paul, I sure did. But then, but then a promise was spoken that I believed. No, I change all that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That one little promise, man, made all the difference in the world. You know why? Because I believe that promise. You know, the Bible says the cares of this world can choke the word. See, distractions can choke the word. But then someone speaks the word to you, it brings the word right back up. Then the word chokes the circumstance. Right? Amen. Woo, I'm getting all excited. You know, I only got four minutes, man. Praise God. Man, 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 this is awesome. All right. Uh, uh, okay, so now you all know about uh, uh, where Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me, but I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. Remember that? So Peter, Satan is asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. How many of you know when Jesus prays for you? It's a good prayer. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, pray, 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 because he's, he's up there making intercession, yes. right? Okay, <laughs> I qualify. Come on, Jesus. Peter, I prayed for you. Now, let's capture this, that your faith faileth not. Now, did Satan tempt him sorely? Can you imagine seeing the master and he looks at you eye to eye and you're leaving with that thought? I said, I'd never deny him. And I did. That'd be, that would be overwhelming. I would cry my eyes out, man, from the disappointment. See, Peter loved, Peter loved, really loved Jesus. But under pressure, he made a wrong decision. But let me say something. You ready? This is a powerful statement. You ready? Yes. God's eternal love is more powerful than your failures. Thank you, Amen. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. With Peter, that's powerful. Yes. His love for Peter was greater than his failure. Amen. Yes. And that's what puts us over, praise the Lord. 
Right? So through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. promise. Right? So one, one last scripture, and we'll, we're gonna, we'll be through. Go to Colossians. Let me show this to you. Ephesians 3. Let's go to Ephesians 3. We could do Ephesians and Colossians. We just ran out of time. Because what do you do when you're standing in faith, but your patience is becoming impatient? Uh, that's probably not a correct way to say it, but it came out that way. What do you do? And I found this out by, remember I told you about, I can't do this anymore. Remember, it was a, it was a horrible experience, y'all. It was really bad. But then I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every day I woke up and I would uh, pray Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 15. Well, 16, 16. That he, Father, grant unto me, according to the riches of your glory, that I be strengthened with might. By your spirit in my inner man. I'd pray that every day. Every day I'd pray that. Lord, strengthen me because I didn't have the strength within myself. I'm in warfare. So I, this strength that's not within myself. So I need his ability. And that's putting on the whole armor of God and sin against the enemy is by his ability. And then finally it says this in Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 11. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for or unto or resulting in all patience. What was that again? Yeah, Ephesians 1 11. Yeah. Colossians, what did I say? You said Ephesians. Yeah, no, no, no. Colossians 1. Let's, we'll, we'll read that, okay? It's a powerful scripture. I'm tying in Ephesians 3, of being strengthened with my, by his spirit in the inner man. That's supernatural, isn't it? Church, come on, that's supernatural, right? Inside, he does it supernaturally. And what I want to show you now, tie that into verse 11 of Colossians 1. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for or unto or resulting in all patience. And long-suffering, that means being patient probably longer than you want to be, with what? With what? With what? Joy. Joy. (laughs) Joy, 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 joy. Okay. Can you imagine that? Strength with all my, so I'm strengthened with my, by spirit, my inner man. What does that do? It helps me to be patient. When I'm strengthened with him by his might, it, fi- it filled up the fuel tank of patience. I'm able to walk through that day with patience. I may be doing the same thing over and over and over, but I'm divinely strengthened. It gives me the ability to press every day with this patience until finally you get to the finish line. And when you get to the finish line, you get the blessing. Everyone say through faith, faith. and patience. I inherit the promise. So just because you feel unspiritual, do not let the devil take advantage of that. Because he will. Because you feel unspiritual. But God's eternal love is greater than your failures. Ask Peter. He loves us, man. So when your faith is tested... All it is the enemy's trying to rob what you believe. That's all it is. You're in warfare. You need the promise. You need people praying for you. And you need that divine strength. For me, it was daily. Every day I needed that divine strength. What did it do? It kept me patient. As I walked in faith. Does this help anybody? Overcome. Overcome, my children. Overcome. Let's pray. You know, I want to give you the greatest invitation I possibly could give. I I don't know all of you. And maybe you're here and, you know, you're not sure if you're saved or not. Most of you are probably like, man, if I were to die, I know where I'm going. And that's great. You should. But maybe you're here and you're not sure where you're going to go if you were to die. That's not a good place to be. Maybe you're not right with God. I wasn't way back in my college years, wasn't right with God at all. Maybe you're not right with God. Or maybe the place where, hey, Reverend, if I were to die, I just, I wouldn't make it. Or I'm not sure that I would make it. That's not where you want to be. That is not a good place. I've been there before. 
So I want to change that for you. And I can tell you right now, and I thank God for the word he brought to you and what he did in the first service. But you know what will make my day, and I know Pastor Mark's day and Sister Pam and anyone here, that you would receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It would thrill, it would make my day to know you made a decision to make Christ your Savior or Lord. So, if you're here this morning and you're not sure you'd make it to heaven, or you know that you wouldn't, or maybe you're backslid from God and you need to come back to the Lord again like I needed to in 79, I want to pray for you. So what I want to do with eyes closed and head bows, please, just so they feel comfortable. If this is you, I would love to pray for you. But I'd like you to acknowledge with the raise of your hand that, Reverend Husky, that, that's me. I'm not sure I'd make it to heaven. Or I know, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Or I know I wouldn't make it to heaven. Or I've been away from God, but I want to come back to God. Thank you. God bless you. That took a lot of, thank you. Bless you for that. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Oh, thank you, sir. God bless you. In the back. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? You're just, if Jesus came right now, thank you, ma'am. I see, thank you. Bless you. Thank you for the hand. If Jesus came right now, would it be where, man, I just don't know if I'd make it. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you. Let's change it. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Let's leave this church knowing if Christ came or if I were to die right now, I know that I know that I know I would make it. Now, listen, this takes some real honesty here. You got to be real honest about this. God knows where you're at. There's no sense playing games with him. He knows. We may not, but he knows. So this is, this is a you and God thing. So you're probably going, I should raise my hand. I should raise my hand. If you're not, get rid of that thinking, please. Whatever's holding you back from raising your hand to make a commitment to the Lord, pull all that back because I want to pray with you in a moment. So if you didn't raise your hand, but you should have raised your hand, that I need to come back to God or I need to make Jesus Lord of my life, I want you to raise your hand, please. You didn't, but you should have. God bless you, sir. That's awesome. That, that took some courage. God bless you over here. Bless you. There, ma'am, God bless you. Sir, God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty. Now, right up there, I think you're raising your hand. I'm not sure in the front. Yes, sir. God bless you. Y'all, that's a lot of hands. And I, I'm, I'm going to pray. I said I was going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I want you just like I said. But I'm going to ask you to be very bold. Because the Bible says to confess before men. It's important to make a confession before men. Why? So the enemy can't take it away from you. So if you raise your hand on any account or should have, would you very boldly right now and quickly stand up for me, please? Boldly and quickly. God bless you. 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 Yeah, this is big. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. No pretense. We just loving on Jesus, right? No pretense. We're just going to love on God. Now, those that are standing, I want to pray with you, just like I said. So would you make your way up here that I can pray for you, please? And if someone needs to come up with you, ask them to help you. Come on up. Come on up. Hey, come on. Come on, everybody. This this is big for people. God bless you. Good for you. Good for you. Good decision. Amen. Awesome. 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 Good for you. It took a lot to make that one. Bless you, man. God bless you. Sir, bless you. Yeah, praise God, man. Bless you, bless you, bless you. And right here, God bless you too. God bless you. Bless you, man. Thank you. God bless you all back there. Blessings. All right, look, I've been there in 1979. I believed in Jesus at the age of 12, but I was so far. Now, I'm not saying this is you, but I was so far from God 
that if I died then, I did not know for sure I'd make it to heaven. I hoped I would, but I wasn't sure. But once I made this commitment, made him Lord, immediately I knew I'm going to heaven. I knew it. Because God's spirit will bear with your spirit. You're a child of God. It's an amazing, it's a really amazing miracle. So then, in it might be this doubt, you know, wondering, well, gee, if I die, will I really make it? There could be wondering there. Maybe not so much that I'm backslid away from God. It's just like, I'm just not sure. So we, how do we make it sure? Here's how you do it. This is how you make it sure. You receive Jesus as Savior, but this is the important part. You make him Lord. What does that mean to make him Lord? You're my master. That from this day forward, my highest desire is to please you. You have to, if you make that decision, this will work for you. Hey, God's eternal love is greater than our failures. Isn't that a good word? Thumbs up. Man, you're making my Sunday. I'm serious. I'm about, I'm about ready to cry up and tear up and all kinds of stuff right now. I'm fighting it back. You must make Jesus the Lord of your life. All right, God, from this day forward, my highest desire to please, is my highest desire is to please you. So work in me of your will and your good pleasure. Can you do that? If you can do that, I promise you this will work. All right, so let's pray. Everybody, can we pray this prayer? Thank you for being so patient. Thank you. How many of you know this is important when people get saved or come back to God? Have you guys ever received Jesus before? Back in the back, have you received Jesus before, ma'am? You have? Young man, have you received Jesus before? You received Jesus? You, sir? Have you? Have you? Have you seen Jesus? Have you? Have you? Have you guys? Okay, what's well, coming back to God then? It's getting that full assurance out. So let's make him Lord. That's all you got to do. You know what that means to make him Lord? You got to die. Doesn't that sound great? It's true, though. That's, a, that's kind of a hard decision. You have to choose to die to you and what you want and what you desire. And you let God make those choices for you. You know what that means? God picks your boyfriends. <laughs> that went over real good, right? God picks your girlfriends. But I love them. God says it's not the one. You obey God. That's what you do. You obey God. That's how you know. If you're, when you love God more than that, then you know you really love God. I'm just saying that as an example, but it could be true. All right, y'all ready to pray? Yes. Can we make Jesus the Lord of our life? Yes. You're going to like what this is going to do. Thank you, Church, are you ready? Yes. Let's, let's all pray. Now, of the special as you're up here, let's all pray this. Ready? Father, Father I, believe I believe with all my heart, all my heart. Your, son your son Jesus died for me, died for shed, me. His shed his blood for me. So, Lord Jesus, so Lord Jesus I take self off the throne of my heart. And I place you and receive you as the Lord of my life. Jesus, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. And I now receive you into my life, into my heart. And according to your word, I am now saved. So you receive it. You just receive it. Amen. You just, you just receive it. It's so easy. All right. Now, you're going to love this. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, before we prayed, you weren't sure about making it to heaven. Am I correct? Let me ask a question. And listen to your heart, not your head. Listen to your heart. If Jesus came right now, or if you're to die right now, God forbid, but if it happened right now, would you make it to heaven? Yes. What? Yes, I would. Yes, you would. You're right. See, I said, I love the smile. It, people always smile. You're right. Isn't that cool? Amen. Hey, well, oh, I could ask you. I could, it, 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 come on, guys. All right. Before, if, if, before, did you know you'd make it to heaven before we prayed? Not certain. Okay. No. Okay. So let me ask you something. Now, you got to listen. You see, if you listen to this, it'll talk you out of it. Listen to your heart. If Christ came right now or if something happened, you went on to heaven right now. Would you make it to heaven? How do you know? 
You do? That's right. You sense it. You can feel it. Would you make it to heaven? Yes. Yes. I love this. Now, I'm not going to ask everyone, but it's cool how this thing works. Now, here's how you keep it. You keep him as Lord. Right. You keep him as Lord. Because who's going to tr- the devil's going to try to get you to take him off lordship because he don't want you to spiritually grow. But you've taken that step right now. You've dealt with that, praise God. And I, you, you could just see the devil's going, no, no, don't go out there. No, no, my God. Look at-. And the angels are going, woo, woo, having a big old party, you know. Whoop, whoop. Look, who, 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 look who come back to the Lord. Look who made a dedication. So heaven's having a party, and, and, and that bunch down there, they ain't very happy right now. It's okay. You got to be afraid of anything. You got the name of Jesus. All right. Y'all blessed? You saved? Born again? Jesus is Lord? You're going to make it to heaven. Amen. So right here, you can be seated. Um, Now, I could be wrong with this, but I just sense that there's been some disappointments that's come across your way, some disappointing circumstances or situations. And, uh, you know, don't allow those disappointments uh, to have such a place that it discourages your walk. Just refuse that, just like, yeah, I'm disappointed, such whatever, but I'm just going to keep my eyes on Christ because he's going to make all things work for the good, and I'm just going to walk it out with patience, and it's going to work for the better. Okay, is that, is that all right? Yep. Was that a word for you? Yes, it was. Great, good. That's God. Not me, right? That's God. All right, praise the Lord. All right, well, I went a little bit over, and that's because some people got saved. That's, it's all right, right? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I know it. Made my day, didn't you, Pastor Mark? I got a CD called Staying Power. It's a good one. All right, here you go, right up there in the front. There you go. Good catch. All right, God bless everybody, Pastor Mark. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 